0: of the Forkstown Podcast your one-stop shop for anything and everything surrounding the Seattle Mariners baseball team my name is Rick Clark and with me as always the guy who currently today is knock knock knocking on heaven's door Mr. Bo Chisholm Bo how are you feeling today
1: uh oh, to tell you the truth Richard I'm uh, I'm feeling a little rough today. Feeling a little rough today. Um not because I stayed out and partied last night after a, after a beautiful series win but um just uh feeling a little sick. Let's put it that way.
0: I yeah, yeah, is it raining over there? Are you guys getting the the hurricane that's supposed to be coming through the west?
1: Um no, we're uh and hit with a lot of smoke just like everybody else it seems like so that's what's going on over here.
0: It's it's a very odd mixture when you smell it of smoke and rain here it's currently downpouring so Um, not that I hate it though I like the rain rain needs to happen to get some of those uh, wildfires out you know we've been hearing about I don't know if you heard about the one in Medical Lake but uh, it sounds like a bunch of Medical Lake got wiped out because of the wildfire i heard at one point it jumped the freeway and at that point if it's jumping freeways then uh you've got big problems very very big problems so yep. before we get into everything thank you for taking time to listen to another edition of the forks down podcast you know that's of course if you're a returning listener no welcome back if you're a first time listener hey thanks for choosing forks down and hopefully or your new home for Mariners baseball talk um you know you're picking a heck of a time to come in and talk to us or listen to us because the Mariners are currently on a really big hot streak you know taking out the Astros is you know a big thing and and they're only gonna hopefully get better as the uh, rest of the season progresses so um if you haven't already go hit up our social media pages you can find us on Facebook find us on Instagram and now you can find us on threads. Um, just search Forks Down podcast. Should be able to find us. Um, I think Bo and I um, are going to try to live live tweet from Threads. I don't know what what's Threads called. It's not a tweet. What? what
1: uh, is it just called a thread? I thought it was just called a thread. Is it just a thread called or a th- post? Or yeah, okay. I don't know.
0: Well, we're yeah. gonna we're gonna try to live post during games. We're gonna start tonight. See how that works. Um, you know, at least give some insight as we go on. So definitely hit up Threads if you've got a Threads account. But if you don't, you know we're still on Facebook and Instagram, you know. Um if you haven't already, also hit like and subscribe on your podcast listening app. You'll get notified when we drop new episodes. You can give us ratings on there. Um, if you give us a five stars it'll help get us up the charts a little bit so we get a little bit more visibility. I, I see people doing that, see it helping. Um, you know, we're getting more listeners every day. So Thank you for doing that. If you haven't if you've have, if you haven't already, maybe do that for us and you know we'll we'll turn around and try to give you the best Mariner's content possible. So with all that being said, Beau, let's get into Mariner's notes. We got quite a few of them. Um, you know, a couple injuries, but I, I think the big one that we should talk about first is is JP coming back. He's activated today. We're shooting on Monday, so this will drop on Tuesday, but he was activated on Monday. He's in Chicago. He's starting against the White Sox. It's that's huge. It, it, the you know the team's only going to get better with JP coming back.
1: Only going to get better. You're thinking about, um, you know, just played one of our better series of the year with who has been, um, you know, prior to this run, the Julio's gone on. On I think the best player on the Mariners, right? JP, um, mm-hmm. I think offensively, anyways. So like to get him back. Um, to get him back now um, at the top of the lineup where I think he slotted in today. Um, it's massive. Right. And uh, you couple that with what Julio has been doing lately. And also like Teoscar. Oscar, um, I think, uh, you know, hopefully we'll be able to get a couple more on the board here. I think are in the white Sox, but it's uh massive, 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 massive to get him back.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I, they're only going to get better. And, you know, I got to give it up to, you know, Sam Haggerty who ended up getting sent down to Tacoma today, He hit a home run. Um had a couple base hits here and there in Houston. Um Jose Caballero got on base quite a bit in Houston. Um Dylan Moore played a pretty decent shortstop. So, you know, I'm happy for those guys. I'm happy with the bottom of the lineup where a lot of those guys were sitting has done in the last couple of days. But I'm just really excited. The JP's back. He's activated. You know, incidentally, Julio's taking the it's taken Monday off in Chicago. So hopefully J.P. can kind of be the catalyst at the top of the lineup, you know, and then we just get them both back and we've got two people that just get on base a bunch. So um, kind of in response to J.P. getting activated today, um, Emerson Hancock went down with lat strain. Um, He's on the I.L., 15-day I.L. Um, I haven't heard much. I mean, I know who's taking out a Sunday's game, a little uncertainty. And and the way Scott sounded when because they interviewed him during the game, uh, it wasn't necessarily a big thing. It was kind of more precautionary than anything. But have you heard anything else on it?
1: Um, not at this moment. Um, it still seems like we're a little bit on the unknowns there of what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um. I think the the worry part is that he's had you know injuries in the past, right? That's probably one of the reasons it took him, I think, a little bit longer than maybe than anticipated to get to the majors. Um, so you do you hope that it's nothing too um, too painful or too uh, something that's going to sideline him for a long time. But I think the fact that he does have an injury past right makes this all the more worrisome um and you know i think coinciding with this news right is now the now the question comes in of if the mariners would do a five-man rotate or a six-man rotation which it doesn't really seem like that's in the cards anymore yeah. um they might be able to uh they might be able to stretch a couple guys out here and there like i don't quite know like i'm trying to think of how many more starts they really have before the end of the year right and how many more um times they might be able to slot in like where how many times that sixth starter might come in and i don't quite know maybe like four or five six i don't know if important in there but um you know mccacken coming up i think is going to probably help fill the hole if we have a situation like we did on the sunday game where um somebody needs to kind of come out early and he can kind of be the bulk reliever but uh i think regardless the the emerson hancock situation i think is is tough it's, it's i think it's a real tough one for a guy that just made his major league debut
0: Yep. Yep. All the best to him. Hopefully he, uh, you know, it was, I hope it's just precautionary like Brian Wu, you know, they just put him on the IL to, to give him time to feel better and he can come back and, you know, pitch down the stretch. Um, like you brought up Darren McCacken called up Sam Haggerty, like I said earlier, was sent to Tacoma in a corresponding move. Um, and also the Mariners, you know, signing relievers, you know, just in case, uh, they signed Nick Whitgrin from the Royals. We just saw him in a Kansas city uniform and he got DFA'd after, um uh, pretty much after the Mariner series against the Royals. And now he's now a Mariner. I'm, I'm sure he's probably, I mean, I don't think he's on the, the 40 man. So I'm pretty sure he's going to Tacoma to at least start, right?
1: Yes. That would be my understanding too. And, um, yeah. Uh but uh let me tell you if, let me let me ask you if you've heard this one before. Um guy that throws his slider thirty six percent of the time, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and throws the fastball less than the slider. Um the mariners have a type and it's just slider heavy pitchers, so I'm really not surprised, right? Um I feel like the mariners like to tap into those pitchers that can really spin it, and Whittigren, um, Whitgren, however you put say it, kinda of fits that mold. So um not surprised they want to take a chance here.
0: Let me pull out my uh, checklist here. Here we go. Slider. Okay. Fastball. Okay. Hmm. Typical Mariners pitcher. That's all it is. Typical Mariners pitcher. Um, You know, if we can, I don't know if we'll see him at all this season. There's a possibility if, uh, you know, McCacken's been up and down a couple times. You know, I don't, I don't see any reason we wouldn't, you know, try him out if, uh, if we need to. Um, so, and if they can turn him around, I mean, he wasn't having a great season in a Royals uniform, but if if they can turn him around, like they've done so many other pitchers, I don't see why we don't give him a chance. So, um, we'll see. We'll, we'll continue to follow Nick Whitgrim and see what happens with him. Um, the last note we have here, Bo, you know, it's, it's awesome. The JP's back, but it's also expected that Brian Wu could be activated this series. Um, you know, we're going to need him now. If, uh, if, especially if Hancock's going down, we're going to need a fifth for the rotation. So again, we're, we're getting some positive injury news here.
1: Yeah. Positive injury news. And, um, you know, I think there's a question of kind of what we might get out of Brian Wu. Um, you know, it has been, uh, what is that? Two weeks, two and a half weeks, somewhere in there since he's pitched. Um, so I think there's a question about, um, was he too well rested, right? As he'd been out of the game for a little bit there. So, um, I think the question will be kind of what kind of Brian will we get on Tuesday? Um, I, you know, hopefully it's a good against a uh, kind of a, a white Sox team that's having a rough go of things, um, to say the least. So, um, hopefully it's a soft landing spot for Brian Wu on this kind of first time back. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm hoping for the best, um, but uh, I think that time off does kind of worry me a little bit. Um, um, I don't know if I have any real data to kind of back that up of guys that have taken time off that have kind of had a rough time coming back, but um, I think that time off, just like being in the game and, you know, you know being in that game's hype situation is, I think, a little worrisome to me when a guy takes that time off, but uh, I'm hopeful.
0: Yeah, yeah, and it's it's a good, uh, good series to come back in. We're not throwing him to the fire like his... First major league start against Texas. He's coming back against the White Sox, who um, have kind of been a punching bag this season. So, um, you know, good to good to get him back in this series as opposed to, you know, later on down the line where we're going to see Texas a little bit. So, let's hop into the Astros series, Bo. Um, you know, uh, after the Friday game, I was... Kind of worried, um, you know, we, we did up, end up winning Friday's game, but um, you know, it was just a, just a series that I don't know, kind of exceeded my expectations in Saturday's and Sunday's game. Um, you know, let's start with Friday's game here. Mariners had Bryce Miller on the mound and they end up, um, he ended up picking up the win in a two nothing win against the Astros in Houston. Um, he's eight and four on the season, his line in Friday's game six and a third innings only gave up two hits only walked one only struck out two um but wasn't getting a lot of hard contact and and it definitely shows he he pitched a heck of a game he out out dueled jp france and if you go on to the astros subreddit jp france has been the proverbial best pitcher on the team for the last month so uh good to see bryce miller get out there and and have a pitcher's duel and and Come out on top.
1: Yeah, I was super impressed with with Miller in this game. And um, I think just the pitching in general, I think save for, uh, um, you know, a, a rough, uh, was a third inning for Taylor Saucedo? I felt like the pitching um, really across the board, the bullpen, I think did a good job the whole entire series of limiting hard contact. It just felt like every time the Astros were putting the ball in play, it was either to write to somebody or it was just very soft kind of, um, Flyouts to to Caden Marlowe. That's what it felt like a lot, actually. Um, so like uh, he did a he did a really good job of limiting the hard contact in this game. Um, uh, baseball Savant said he threw a two seamer a little bit more in this game, and um, I have a little hard time discerning the two seamer against the against the four seamer sometimes because it's like the same velocity for Bryce Miller. But that's what they said they kind of picked it up in this game, so um, I'll uh, I'll kind of believe them on this. But um, yeah, still elite spin. Um, still was looking really, really good. And, um, yeah, I just feel like we're, yeah, the pitching continues, starting pitching continues to pitch at a level of just, we're going to be able to win every game. Right. And, uh, that was no different today on that game.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, all we, have, you know, all we've said the whole season is the starting pitcher needs to go in and definitely give, you know, limit runs, even if you're only giving up two or three runs, limit the runs, you know, let the offense try to help you win this game. And, and that's what they did. He, he put up, zero runs and it was kind of like that the whole series like you said outside of a third inning in sunday's game for taylor Sacedo, the whole pitching staff came around um and we're going to talk about sunday's game and i was very impressed with the bullpen after Sacedo got taken out so um you know we'll come back around to that but friday's game we're still on friday's game here um you know pitching performances all around were good topa came in for an inning and two thirds struck out one didn't give up a hit um Hungris Munoz did get a, give up a couple hits in the ninth, but he ended up getting his seventh save of the season. Um, you know, looked uh, looked a little shaky there, but ended up pulling it out. Uh, Topas got a hold. Um, it was his nineteenth hold of the season. Um, like I said, Munoz got his seventh save. Um, <laughs> it just it's wild that you know the Astros only struck out three times in the game, yet couldn't bring anyone across the the. Uh, plate. They didn't even really get any runners in scoring position. You know, they were only one for three with runners in scoring position four left on base. So, you know, like, like you were kind of saying Marin or the Astros were putting the ball in play. They were just hitting it at someone, you know, and, and, um, you know, it's good that the Mariners good teams win this ball game, you know, and and it was a good um, kind of test for the Mariners to see, you know, kind of where their defense is at, you know, at, at a team that's going to be swinging at a lot of balls and putting it in play. You know, it was just good to see that aspect of it, the pitching in the, the, the defense um, of stuff. Uh, moving on to the offense here, though, um, <laughs> you know, tail went three for four, Mike Ford went one for four, but um, I, th- I think the story in this series, at least the first two games of the series was Julio. Um, he just got announced as AL player of the week. Um, in Friday's game, he went four for five, smacked, a smacked a home run, uh, in the third inning off JP France. But, uh, the rest of those were singles. Um, <laughs> what else do we say about him, Bo? I mean, he, he continued his torrid pace and, you know, really didn't stop until about Sunday. So.
1: Yeah. And he's, uh. He's turned out on the fastball a lot more, right? I think he had some challenges with it early on in the season. And, um, I feel like that's been at the heart of a little bit of this, uh, I would say like a true turnaround for Julio. Right. (laughs) Um, and it's just, uh, yeah, I can't remember a player being this locked in in a long time. Right. Like he, at least on the Mariners and he, um, yeah, I I mean what can you say? I mean, what can you say that everybody hasn't really know at this point, but it's uh yeah, continues kind of his four-hit game in this one, um hitting the ball hard. Um you couple that with just good defense that he's playing and his outs above average and everything else and he's just uh he's just a complete package and in this in this series, I think we um, really got some of the best out of him mm-hmm. and um plus the Royals went before and it's just uh it's everything we wanted Julio to be. And, um, you know, I'm really hopeful that it'll kind of continue, I think, as we go down the stretch.
0: Yeah, just in these last we're going to count Saturday's game. So Saturday, Friday and a couple um, against the Royals, you know, he had whatever a major league um, record, like 17 hits in four games, which is awesome to see him do that. But um, he raised his batting average like 30 points in the last few days. He'd been sitting 240 to for. God, most of the season and um after Saturday's game I know it was at two seventy nine. After Sunday's game I think it dipped a little bit, but he's sitting around two seventy now. <laughs> Just <laughs> amazing what a few days of uh of games can do for a batting average. So um
1: Yeah, and I was um yeah, and I think it was during this game that I was uh I was perusing the Astros subreddit at this point and I think one of the one of the comments that I saw that made me laugh was somebody said like I actually convinced myself that Jeremy Pena was better last year than Julio, Julio Rodriguez. And and that was just, that made me, that made me chuckle quite a bit. So, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, he's our guy. He's our guy. love him.
0: Yeah. Uh, with, with Julio doing what he did, he was probably the best part of the offense. (laughs) Um, pretty much almost the only offense Mike Ford did get a home run in the sixth kind of a, a big insurance home run for the Mariners. Um, uh, or insurance run. Um but yeah, good to see you kind of Mike Ford <laughs> not strike out and hit a home run. It's kinda of nice. Um Julio also got his 30 second stolen base in this uh game. Uh the the big notes here that um I think the game should have been a little bit more lopsided. Um, you know, even if you just bring a couple of these runners around, Mariners were 0 for 17 with runners in scoring position, left 10 on base. So and oh, I mean they had 9 hits. So so they were walking and getting on base at a pretty good clip, um but they just couldn't bring anyone around. It just it sucks, but you don't need it when Bryce Miller pitches the game. He uh he did, so
1: yeah we're in the Mariners we're just kind of winning those ball games right everything's kind of just coming up Mariners right now um just when uh yeah all the all the numbers tell you that you probably should have um I want to say lost the game but um yeah you should have done more um the Mariners just kind of end up kind of keep winning those games and um I think this was no different um yeah I think that was wild when I read that of just um how many guys we had in scoring position and didn't get them across so um Definitely something we want to capitalize on, but, you know, still happy to kind of get the win.
0: Yeah, yeah. Moving on to Saturday's game, it's, it's funny because the Mariners have games like they did on Friday where they can't bring anyone around and, and, you know, they're bordering on losing the game. Everything points to, you know, maybe the Mariners should be losing that game with what happens, but then they come back around the next day and they they put up a 10 spot. Uh, Mariners took game two, 10 to three. Logan Gilbert... On the mound, Uh, another pretty decent performance from a pitcher in this series. Um, Logan Gilbert went six innings, did give up eight hits, but that only translated to two runs. Both of them earned, only struck out three, um, walked one person, did give up a couple home runs, one to um, Bregman in the third and another to uh, Yannier Diaz in the fourth. So outside of those, you know, he really, you know, pitched a pretty good game and, and, um, you know, we just need Mariners to pitch good games, but <laughs> with the amount of runs they scored in this one, um, you know, he kind of got to sit back on, on cruise control a little bit. So,
1: yeah, most definitely. And, um, I think, uh, yeah, I, I mean, a key for me is the continued i think bullpen stretch um coupled with you know logan pitching a a, you know a fine game in this one Mm -hmm. um you know i think the i I think that the bullpen i feel i feel like we have guys that'll have one off night and then like everybody else will be relatively solid for the most part i think the perfect example of that is the sunday game um but uh yeah, I think you 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 feel uh you feel a lot of confidence. I feel like giving it over to the bullpen right now. Um mm-hmm. and I think that was no different in this one. You know, I think that um <clears throat> you know Bizardo still gave up a home run, I think, to uh, to end the game. I think that was the first time we've seen Bizardo, if I remember correctly. Yep. Um yep. but uh yeah, you just feel uh you just feel a level of confidence, I think, with the bullpen if they can kind of prevent that that beginning like they did on the Sunday game. And uh, yeah, Logan just pitched well enough just to get it to them, right? And mm-hmm. uh, I think this was a incredibly solid game. And I, I, uh, I don't know how you're feeling, but Gabe Spire just looks incredibly locked in right now. And um, there's a number of guys right now that I, that I, you know, I, I wouldn't say like let's throw them in the ninth inning, right? I don't, I wouldn't want to say that. Just like toss him in there and see what happens. But like, there's a lot of guys in the Mariners pen right now that I feel confident pitching in high leverage situations. And um, Gabe Spire, I think is, is certainly one of those.
0: I, Gabe Spire is certainly one after Sunday's game that I said, hell, give him the ball in the ninth inning. Let's see what happens. Like, you know, he had a pretty good uh, Sunday go around and Saturday was no different. You know, he went uh, in inning, struck out two people. Um, didn't give up any hits, no walks, nothing. Um, you know, I, have been saying that about Spire. I said that recently about Topa, you know, and especially with, with Munoz and Brash kind of being shaky in parts, why not just give them a chance? Let's just, you know, we've done a closer by committee before. I mean, Drew Steckenreiter, what was it last year or the year before year before got a, a few saves here and there, you know, just because it was closer by committee. I'm I'm confident doing that again. Let's do it again.
1: Yeah, I'm not against it. I'm not against it. I think you, I I would say, I do, I do think you want to try to give Muno's like confidence, right? Like he's supposed to be your guy. So I, I would say and push back just a little bit that I do. I would like to give Muno's like the confidence, right. And make it not seem like we're not confident in him in the ninth. And I know that he's, you know, not pitched, I think as himself lately, but um, yeah, I also uh, I also don't fully disagree. I just uh, I also think you probably want to give Munoz, um, you know, the confidence to to know that he's going to be at the end at the end of the game. Um, and you know, if something
0: changes there with him,
1: um, then we can mix it up. But uh, yeah,
0: yeah. Um, <clears throat> you know, finish up pitching here. Thornton pitched an inning, gave up a hit, but didn't have any runs across. And then Basardo coming in in his first inning of work as a Mariner did give up a home run to Dubon in the ninth. but, uh, overall, um, a little, too little too late for the Astros. Um, you know, game was well out of reach by then. Um, moving on to the offense. Um, you know, I, I, I saw a lot of talk uh, on the subreddit and some different Facebook pages where people couldn't believe that Julio had another four hit game. You know, this is the game he set the record for, most hits in a four game stretch, but, uh, you know, it was just kind of, kind of wild thinking, Oh, maybe he can get another, you know, three, four hits this game. And he he absolutely came around and did, um, again, um, playing less hero ball and just trying to get on base. You know, he's, uh, he's stealing at a good clip right now. He, He picked up his 33rd stolen base of the season. So he's, he's realizing, you know, he can help this team and it doesn't necessarily have to be a home run. Obviously it's awesome when he does hit home runs You know, and I feel like home runs get people paid a little bit more, but when you're the guy that can come up, you know, your, your leadoff hitters hurt and, you know, you can come up in the leadoff position and get on base and steal a base, even a, you know, a couple bases sometimes and, and just get on like that's big and, and Julio, Again, what what can we say that we haven't already? I mean, Julio has been the man, certainly deserved the AL player of the week. Um, you know, definitely probably probably would have got some pushback if a couple of those games um went the other way. Maybe Bobby Witt gets it cuz Bobby Witt had a big week, but overall big ups on Julio being kind of the focal point of the offense right now. Um anything else you want to add um about Julio Bo before we uh move on to everyone else Yeah.
1: Here. Yeah. Well uh well Milt stocks uh Fangraph's page has never been visited as much as probably the last couple of days. Um but uh no it's um it's an incredible it's an incredible record to even think about, right? I don't even know if it was something that, you know, somebody could even think about with Julio breaking or anybody breaking really. So um it just kind of seems so far out of left field for Julio to I think break that and um I think he made the point of um you know he's hitting singles, he's hitting doubles, he's um, trying not to do too much and then turns it on and uh, turns it on on I think really good pitches. And um I I would say that you know early on in the season um the Mariners offensive hitting coaches were I think getting a lot of grief, right? I think they were getting a lot of um, challenges, just given how how challenged the offense was at times, it's looked like. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I think there were people that said that they should be fired, right? Jared Hart and Tony Arnrich. and I, th- um, I think
0: I even mentioned it at one point. What do they still got jobs for,
1: <laughs> uh, right? And uh, I think the I think we have to kind of give them credit at this point, right? I would I would recommend Mark Derosa has a um, has a nice breakdown of Julio um, Julio's swing and kind of his adjustments he's made on LB network. You can find it on YouTube that I think everybody should go watch. And it's just, um, he simplified his approach. Um, he just, uh, he looks to look a little bit of a different hitter than he was at the, early on in the season. And certainly you don't know if that's c- coming from outside the organization where he goes, get helps. But, um, yeah, I would think that, you know, you can see how well the other, the rest of the offense has kind of come along that you would think that there's some support from, from Dehart and Arnrich happening there at least. So, mm-hmm. um, I just give a credit to those guys. um, They've obviously helped. I think turn the corner for for some for some, if not most everybody on the offensive side of things. And uh, Julio's been uh, been a major beneficiary of that. So um, also crediting kind of the offensive side and the offensive coaches.
0: Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. I I completely agree with you. You know, kind of a offensive renaissance. We're gonna have Friday games where you know we're only scoring one or two runs. It's gonna happen. You know, and it's gonna come down to pitching um to to kind of win the game but you know then we're going to have these offensive output games where the Mariners are getting 17 hits and everyone in the lineup has a hit you know Julio not only did Julio have four you know Gino had one Ty France had two Teoscar Oscar had three so he had you know another three hit plus game um you know hitting out of the four spot Cal Raleigh had one Dylan Moore had two Cabiero had one Marlowe had one. Haggerty had two. So like everyone seems to be kind of turning that corner hitting right now. Julio's not the only one. You know, Gino went on a stretch where, you know, he had ten games with an RBI, you know. Uh Ty France kinda still middling, but he's getting, you know, one to two hits a game, which is good to see. He seems to be just watching his approach seems to be a little bit better. He's still hitting. I think he hit yeah, he hit into a double play here, so he's still hitting into double plays, but um, and then, you know, like you said, kind of at the start, Teoscar, you know, looking a little better, raising his batting average a couple points. So, um, you know, offensively, not just in this game, but, you know, for the last week or two, you know, I, I think some credit should go to, you know, Tony Ar- Arnridge and Jared DeHart because they're obviously seeing stuff and fixing it, and it it's helping, you know. You see Julio come out and <laughs> set a record, you know, for hitting. So, I, I think that was pretty unfathomable, like, at the start of the season, you know. So, um, you know, like I said, 17 hits. Dylan Moore had a couple home runs. Haggerty had a home run. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six different Mariners had RBIs. Um, Mariners did a little bit better, four for 11 with runners in scoring position. Only left nine on. And Ty France and Gino. Both grounded into double plays. Caballero and Julio both had stolen bases, so just offensively, a a aesthetically pleasing game for the offense. Um, before we move on to Sunday's game, Bo, you know I, I'm sure you have something to add on for the offense here. But um, did did you want to talk about Martin Maldonado,
1: Rick? Let me ask you this question. <laughs> Let me ask you this question. Okay. Who who in professional baseball outside Dusty Baker, Justin Verlander, and Framber Valdez wants Martin Maldonado on their well, team? Like I, who I, wants him? Who, I want could,
0: him? who wants I, him? I could tell you uh one type of person that doesn't want them on their team, and that's Astros fans. <laughs> so <laughs>
1: Right. Well, I mean, I I I wholeheartedly agree, right? Like I don't know what Yanir Diaz has to do to kind of show you that he's going to got to be here every day or, you know, at least, you know, every three days or, you know, three days and off day, whatever. Right. I don't know what else he has to do there, but like, I just, uh, you know, we, I think we're, what we're talking about is there was a rough up in this game, right? The bench is cleared a little bit after Framber Valdez gives up a home run. Um, I believe it was to Dylan Moore in this one. And, um, next batter you know, was immediately. Yeah. Yeah. Immediately comes out and hits Caballero, which, um, for anybody that's a layman in the game, right, we could say, like, wow, that's really difficult for a left hander to hit a right handed hitter, right? Um, and it was evidently, it was just intentional. And, um, Framber was obviously frustrated, right? And, um, you know, Julio kind of goes in there and defuses the situation or, you know, tries to, whatever, hug Framber. And, um, I guess good on Julio for doing that. But, um, you know, I, first off, just like, um, you know, Framber is kind of a veteran at this point, right? He's the ace of the staff. And I just can't imagine, I just can't imagine, you know, the guy that you want to lead your pitching staff um, acting that way, right? Um, just because you're frustrated over, you know, you're getting beat, I think, bad. And um, it's just, uh, I, I'm trying to imagine Luis doing that or... Um, I don't even know, maybe Kirby or somebody, right? And I just could never see them doing that. Um, so it's just, uh, it's just very funny to me, right? It just seems like the Astros keep like trying to, uh, the Astros keep keep trying to not be uh, the Astros of the past and the way that they were, and then they kind of cycle right right around to it, right? So, um, mm-hmm. anyways, and then um, you know, I think the next at bat, that Julio got up there, Martineau and chatting with him or whatever talking to him like I guess Martin Maldonado does and Julio says he doesn't want any of it right just like leave him alone and you know yeah. our uh, our 22 our 22 year old outfielder has um, you know more uh, <clears throat> more discipline and um, you know more discipline than like the catcher that's been in the game for a long time so I just uh, I don't like Martin Maldonado and I feel like he should I feel like he should go.
0: That was that was a pretty good rant, Bo. I like it. I like it. Um uh, <laughs> oh, I, I knew I was gonna strike a quarter if I brought that up. Um <laughs> yet the you know, when you listen to the Astros announcers, which I don't do often, they they make the Mariners out to be the bad guys. I don't get it. Uh, well,
1: yeah, I mean there's I mean there was times where oh the Mariners threw at threw at somebody and you know, the Mariners have one of the lower, like, hit-by-pitch rates in baseball, and um, I don't know, man. It's just uh, what I can say about Astros fans this time around is, like, they weren't really playing a victim. I feel like the team wasn't really playing the victim in a lot of this, right? I feel like they I feel like they actually, you know, um, kind of agreed with a lot of the assessments of, like, what is Martin doing? You know, what is Framberg doing? So I do give him credit for that, but, um, you know, that has to change at the top, right? Dusty's yeah. still wants to throw him out there every day or you know most every day I guess and uh yeah and obviously he's a personal catcher for Verlander and um Framber so there's that as well but um yeah I just uh I don't know what he's doing he's worth he's you know his value right now sits at a game and a half right under so he's cost this team a win and a half this season and uh yeah, if we were the Mariners, we would be barking at the top of our lungs to kind of get rid of him. So um, I feel uh, I feel the I feel the Astros fans pain there. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. You don't uh, you don't always feel their pain, but this is one moment where you're like, all right, I kind of agree with you, kind of agree with you here. So and going back to what you said about not seeing Luis or George doing that, I don't think Luis could hurt a fly. I feel like Luis would just be like, ah, oh, sorry, man. Like, Ugh, you know. George Kirby, though, if he threw out someone intentionally and they wanted to charge the mound, I feel like that person's going to get, you know, it's going to be another Nolan Ryan, Robin Ventura type situation. George Kirby legitimately scares me.
1: (laughs) Yeah, you know, like with George's command, you know, if George hits someone like it's not fully intentional, but you would be able to tell if it was intentional with George's command. So, uh, no, I'm with you there.
0: Yeah, yeah that man can do something stuff with the baseball that not a lot of people can do. So, um, again, not much else to talk about in Sunday's game or Saturday's game, just a good all around offensive effort. Um, and it kind of, I would say it kind of leaked into Sunday's game. Um, you know, the Mariners ended up taking a seven, six victory, but it leaked in because we didn't have a great starting pitching performance because, like we said at the top of the episode, Emerson Hancock was taken out um, after the second inning. He pitched two pretty good innings um, <clears throat> in the first and second. Only gave up two hits, but struck out two. Was looking looking like it was going to be a good pitching performance from him. You know, possibly end up getting his first win of the season. And then he was suddenly took t- uh, taken out. No one knew why. You know, they ended up um talking to scott later in the game like it was on peacock so they had like interviewers like in the middle of the game which is just weird to me sometimes like i i get it if it's in basketball or even football in a sense but it's just weird doing that in baseball um and he said you know obviously the latch strain kind of a precautionary thing um but then you know the rest of the game fell on the bullpen and you can look at it kind of both ways bo uh, the the bullpen was kind of could be seen as the MVP and they kind of could be the worst part of the game. You know, Salcedo gave up five runs and let the um, Astros back into the game. But after Salcedo, you know, maybe maybe Salcedo the least valuable part of the game because after Salcedo, Campbell gave up a run and that was it. You know, Thornton came in for an inning and in two thirds, got a hold. Didn't give up a run. Brash came in, picked up the win, his ninth win of the season as a reliever. Um, Went one and a third, didn't give up uh, any walks, struck out two, gave up only one hit. You know, Campbell, like I said, came in, got a hold. Topa came in for an inning, did walk a couple people, but got a strikeout, didn't push anyone across. Munoz came in, didn't put anyone on, struck out one. And then, like we said, last, you know, about the last game, Spire came in, got his first save of the season. Um, I think that's his first save of his major league career, but overall, you know, I, I think outside of Sacedo, the, um, bullpen really worked admirably in a very weird situation.
1: Yeah, I And I was just, uh, I was just thankful to kind of get through that, that third inning, right. I kind of felt like that was one that was going to spiral out of control. So I was very happy just, uh, just to escape that. Um, but, uh, yeah, I would say it's uh that's also a pretty tough spot for Saceda to come in at as well, right? Like um you know, starting pitcher gets starting pitcher leaves the game, you've got a kinda a short turnaround time to kind of get ready and mm-hmm. the whole works of that. So um uh, you know, not kind of um, giving sacedo a pass there, but um, you know, I just think that there's probably a case to be made that he wasn't quite quite ready in that in that situation as well. So um yeah just kind of left way too many balls i think right in the middle heart of the plate and, and um the astros just kind of kept the line moving with a couple singles and you know a big double and then um you know, i think taylor sussado also hit somebody in that inning so um rough outing for him but i also you know that was a that was a tough spot for him to be in i think with coming in with um you know you were anticipating to be in there at certainly at that point so um but yeah i mean after that right trent thornton pitched uh fairly well did give up you know, that double to kind of end up scoring. Um, I think it was like two extra guys there, um, but did come in get a couple of outs um, and then he pitched pretty well in the next inning as well. Um, and uh, yeah, I thought Matt Brash, I, I feel like Matt Brash is looking better for the most part. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like the control is kind of getting better for him and he just, uh, you know, he had a couple of strikeouts in this one and um Yeah, I think the bullpen, right, like I said, I feel like the bullpen, one guy might have a blow up here or there, and then kind of the rest of the bullpen picks him up. I feel like that's a little bit of our, I don't know, our MO that we've had over the last couple weeks or so, and uh, this was no different. Um, But yeah, this felt like a game that that was going to get out of control fast, and the bullpen put out the fire pretty well. So um, yeah, I feel like it's just reminiscent of a lot of situations this year. And this is another game, right, of... Um, you know, good teams end up winning this game
0: mm-hmm.
1: Bad teams end up losing it. And, uh, the Mariners were kind of able to kind of piggyback on their pitching, um, a couple with, you know, pretty good offensive performance and were able to kind of take it away in this one.
0: Yep. Yep. Uh, I was looking it up after you said, you think Sasedo hit someone. He did hit someone, though. He hit your favorite player ever. Alex Bregman. Do we, do we want to go on a rant about Alex Bregman?
1: <sighs> hmm. You know, I feel like I feel like the fans probably only want to hear me rant one time in an episode. So, um, you know, the next time I'll uh, I'll I'll share my thoughts on Mr. Bregman. How does that sound?
0: I I would love it. I would love I would love to hear it again, you know, because I've I've already heard it. So, (laughs) but yeah, um, now outside of Sacedo, good pitching performances all around, Um, you know, uh, good teams win this game, bad teams lose this game, Um, you know. I'm not saying the Astros are bad because they're still sitting in second place in the AL West um, by only by half a game, but um, you know, Mariners are looking like one of the best teams in the AL right now. So uh, offensively, Julio, unfortunately could not get another four hits and extend that record. He went one for five, but we didn't have another four hit performance on the day, Bo. Come on down, Dominic Kenzone. Four for five. Um, couple of doubles, couple of really nice doubles. Um, and he was just watching kanzone hit in Sunday's game. You know, he had those d- couple doubles. But then, um, you know, he reached out for a ball in his third at bat and slugged it past the first baseman. Um, I thought that was a very, very decent at bat from him. You know, v- one of the best you know, outside of maybe his, his home run against Baltimore, one of the best at bats I've seen from him just because he kind of battled and, and, you know, took the ball and, and took it where he did. But um Kenzone was looking good offensively. Josh Rojas, another pickup we had on the trade deadline, two for five, picked up his, he picked up two stolen bases. So he picked up his seventh and eighth stolen base of the season. Um, you know, another game where, um, you know, tail went over four, but most of the starters had a hit, at least one hit, you know, um, tail, I think out of the starters was the only one that didn't get a hit. Um, Haggerty came in and pinch hit our pinch, uh, came in as I think a defensive replacement. He didn't get in a bat. And then Cal Raleigh came in and went over two um, in relief of Brian O'Keefe. Um, but other than that, very, very balanced offensive performance. Again, 15 hits from the offense, uh, Gino had uh, the only home run for the Mariners on the day um, 1, 2, three, four different Mariners had RBIs including Gino who I think leads the team with 78 RBIs right now so overall just a, a pretty good offensive performance especially in the last two games to, to shut down the Astros and get that sweep and come home come into not only a half a game of second place in the wild card but um, half a game in the division for second place. And with the Rangers really not doing well, um, this certainly is, is there the Mariners at a point now where, um, you know, they could possibly not only be looking at the wild card, but they could be staring down that, that division lead.
1: Uh, yeah, I feel like that's what we're that's what we're hunting for now, right? We're we're right there. We have, you know, a number of games against the Rangers left. Um I think we kind of want to avenge ourselves a little bit after the last Rangers series we had that was um I think really rough, right? And it made it look like the Rangers were leaps and bounds ahead of us, right? So I think we certainly want to uh get back to that and you know, Fangraphs playoff odds today do have um they do have the Astros, I think, winning the... Oh, this looks like, looks, looks like they still have the Rangers winning the division. But, um, yeah, the Mariners have a 17% chance to win the division. Um, I think that was... They, I feel like we've talked before that the Mariners had low odds to even make the playoffs at one point, and now their odds are up to 59%. So um, we're still trending very positively in the right direction. And, um, yeah, I think I saw a good... Um, I saw something kind of interesting today where it was um, the Mariners have gone on a pretty similar stretch to what the, the Rays did at the beginning of the year, right? And Rays and, you know, baseball were enamored with the Rays, which is how good they were doing at the start of the season. And the Mariners have gone on a very, very similar stretch, I think, since the month of July. And, you know, not a lot of people are talking about it the same way, right? So we're kind of coming in under the radar. And I think more people are going to start paying attention, but, um, yeah, we're a dangerous team right now. And, you know, couple that with some good series, um, for us upcoming here. And, uh, yeah, hopefully we can take advantage of the white Sox in this one, the, the Royals coming up soon. Um, and, uh, yeah, all things are, all things are coming up Mariners right now.
0: Yeah. Yep. Uh, with the, uh, coming in under the radar thing, I think finally, you know, every, every different news outlet comes out with power rankings. And we're finally seeing the Mariners sneak into the top 10, some cases, the top five, I think Ben Verlander finally put him in, put the Mariners in his top five, which, you know, we haven't seen all season, obviously, but it took them, you know, a month and a half. Um, So it's good to see, you know, they're starting to, they're starting to be on people's radars. And it's certainly, you know, what I've seen from other MLB fans um, the Mariners are definitely one that people are keeping an eye out on um, just because they could be sneaky good in the playoffs, you know, and, and that's something certainly Mariners fans want to see, you know, and I'm sure the Mariners themselves want to see it. But um, when you're starting to get a little bit notice from uh, other fan bases, other teams, you know, it's, it's kind of good. It's very, uh, I think I saw someone on Facebook the other day. I think it was after Saturday's game. um, Post the scene from Major League where uh, they're sitting around talking about how the owner wants to move them to to, uh, Tampa and get them out of Cleveland. And they decide they're going to win the whole effing thing. You know, I feel like uh, the Mariners had that talk and that's what's happening right now.
1: <clears throat> yeah, I mean uh why not right? Let's do it and um yeah, I don't know how how you feel about it, but um, the rest of the al right um, I uh, you know I know the Orioles are uh, a pretty good baseball team and they're doing very well right now as well, but um, i uh, I do get a sense that the al is a little bit more open than the NL, right and um, yeah, we've played the Blue Jays well. Um, we have, we, I think we own the tiebreaker now against the Astros and the, and the blue Jays. Yep, like, we, we own um, both.
0: Yep.
1: yeah, and I think we, uh, yeah, I think there's a case to be made that, you know, any team in the AL, I think we could, I think we give them a run for their money. Right. So I think there's certainly a, a chance that, um, yeah, the Mariners could make the playoffs and then go on a run. I, I think that's well within the realm of possibility, which, you know, if we were talking three months ago, um, feels wild to believe but um you know the i think anybody who made fun of somebody that said it's still early um, probably has to eat those words now cuz it was early right and we didn't really see what this team was like
0: so here we are I, I feel you there i feel you there and we talked about a little bit um you know earlier in the season about um you know wildcard teams that have gone on and won you know the world series nationals did it um, you know, it's certainly not out of the realm of possibilities that we could be, you know, a nationals type team that make it in the wild card. And then they, they sneak into the world series, you know, it, it, I I'm just, I'm excited where this team's sitting right now. And I, I think we're only getting better with, with JP coming back. Um, you know, like you said, we own the tiebreakers now for the Astros and the, the Blue Jays. Um, you know, if, if all will if, all else fails, like you know, we could be potentially making our way to the division if not hosting, if we're in the wild card round, hosting a playoff round or a wild card round uh, series. So, um, you know, it's just it's fun to see, and we want to see the Mariners continue this trend, and they certainly have the series to do it. Um, you know, they have they're they're traveling to Chicago to take on the White Sox, and uh, I, I really feel like. All three of these games are, are you know, I'm not going to say they're must-win games because, you know, every every game you want to win. But um, I th- I think these three games are certainly winnable games. And I think maybe outside of Wednesday's game, um, the, the pitching matchups probably uh, favor the Mariners quite a bit. Um, Monday's game we got, um, which we're shooting on Monday, so... You guys are going to hear this on Tuesday, the game's already happened. But Luis Castillo versus Tuki Toussaint um, definitely definitely skews towards Luis Castillo there. Um, Tuesday's game, Brian Wu versus Mike Clevenger. Um, you might say that's a little bit more balanced, but I don't think Clevenger's looked as good as past seasons. You know, like he's been before. Um, and I, I, you know, you're you're kind of scared, Bo, about Brian Wu getting a lot of that rest, but. Um, I, I want to, I want to think, I want to project that he's going to be fresh, ready to go, come out, give us like five, six innings of good ball. And then Wednesday's game, my, uh, my game here that I'm really ready to watch, um, George Kirby versus Michael Kopesh. Um, I think Kirby's going to want to bounce back from, uh, a little bit tougher outing in Kansas city. And I, I think we're going to see a, a George Kirby gym on Wednesday.
1: Good stuff. Yeah, no, I'm uh, I'm probably most interested in the Brian Wu game. Um, I want to see how the miners use him. And um, yeah, if we get McCacken in this game, and hopefully we've got a solid lead by that point. But yeah, probably the game I'm most interested in just to see how Brian Wu's been and um, kind of what we get out of him.
0: Yeah, yeah. Monday's game, uh, you know, you guys are obviously gonna, are going to know this before the episode. Uh, drops, but Julio is sitting out Monday's game, um, getting a little break. Um, JP coming in, batting leadoff. Um, you know, just going to be interesting to see how JP looks when he comes back. You know, we'll obviously talk about that on Friday. So, um, you said your most is that the pitching matchup you're ready to see, Bo? the Brian Wu pitching matchup? Um,
1: I think of probably the best pitching matchup, I think, is George Kirby versus Michael Kopech. But uh yeah, I think I'm probably gonna be more in tune or kind of watching I think closer kind of the Brian Wu start just to kind of see uh kind of see if he can shake off some of the rest from the last couple of weeks and
0: kind of what we got out of him. Yeah, yeah. All right, Bo. Well, um, you know, we're turning it to Prospect Corner, but you're not gonna talk about a prospect you haven't talked about before because we're doing a little uh Little check in today, so Bo, take it away.
1: Sure thing. Yep, we're um, yeah, we're in the month of August. We're kind of coming up. We get closer and closer to the end of the minor league season, so I thought it was just important to kind of talk about some of our some of our top guys and just have a check in with them. Um, The first one is uh, Harry Ford. Um, Harry Ford is drawing a lot of walks at uh, at Everett right now. He's has kind of a K rate and a walk rate right around 18%, um, which is kind of inflating his on base percentage to, to four thirteen. Um, but you cut kind a of couple of that with um he also has 14 home runs. So he's kind of got a slug of four thirty one, uh, which is good for uh you know a 393 weighted on base percentage right now. So I think Harry Ford is, you know, on track to um to get to Arkansas next year. I think he's gonna have to work on the K's just a little bit and probably try to work on getting the ball and play a little bit. You probably want to see that average come up just a little bit anyways, at least when you're playing, um, you know, a ball or double a. So um, Harry Ford continues kind of a, a torrid streak and that uh, was capped by, he had a massive walk-off homer, um, I think a three run homer on Sunday for Everett. So um, Harry Ford continues kind of a, a solid 2023. Um and the next one is Laz Montes, and Laz Montes, we talked about him that um, he was uh, recently promoted um, a couple weeks back to uh, Modesto, and since he's been in Modesto, he's been on fire. So he has hit six home runs, um, good for a 361, 458, 770 slugging percentage over 15 games in Modesto. Um, of course, I good to point out that Modesto kind of inflates the numbers a little bit, which is kind of that Southern California kind of air there but um regardless still very impressive to kind of get that from laz at this point um and uh you know important thing with laz is that he is also only 18 and he's going to turn 19 in october um but he is showing some some real power at this point so uh, good to see that out of him and then the last one we're going to check in on is just jonathan Classé. um jonathan Classé um really had a nice breakout ever this year um since he got to uh arkansas He's had uh I would say maybe a little bit of a of, a, of an adjustment there. Um he uh, he does have 11 home runs. He has stolen 44 bases. Um but he is striking out about 28% of the time. Um only batting 227 uh 331 on base with a 412 slug. So I think still some still some things to work out there for Class A. Um I think he'll end up going back to Arkansas next year and um you know hopefully he'll kind of work out some of those bugs that I think he had this year but um, yeah, I think these Mariners prospects, um, you know, Laz, I think it's going to make a jump at some point in the, in the prospect rankings. Harry Ford has done that somewhat. So um, I think class A still has a opportunity to do that as well. So um, yeah, just Mariners prospects, I think on the rise there.
0: Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm hoping, you know, Harry Ford kind of continues his trend having a big walk off. What was it? Three nights ago um, in one of JP's rehab games. And then, uh, Class a uh, man, he went from being in the future stars game to being not great in Arkansas. Kind of, kind of sucks to see.
1: Yeah. And I think it's still important, right? He is, is still 21, right? Um, is still 21 at double a. So, um, you know, my hunch is that he's going to, come back next year and he said made the adjustments and um yeah that's my hunch for next year off with him but uh yeah it's been a little tougher for him since he started there
0: um but one thing we forgot to talk about um for sunday's game um I, i don't think we touched on this i i usually like to look at the broadcast side of things the game was on peacock did you watch the 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 broadcast bill on Sunday on Peacock. I did. Yep. What did you think of the, uh, the, the booth that they had? You know, they had Dave Sims and Ryan Roland Smith. And I, I, I love Ryan Roland Smith and it was cool to see him, you know, get the call on national TV, but uh it was a mix of Mariners and Astros announcers because Jeff Bloom was in the, um, booth with Dave Sims on Sunday was it kind of weird for you
1: um I thought it was fine I actually thought it was thought it was relatively good for the most part um uh, yeah I kind of liked it I think Ryan Roland Smith um, mentioned that uh, he did pitch for the the Astros in AAA. I think in 2011 right so he had a little connection there and um, I'm trying to remember if Houston was a root sports. Um, Root Sports uh, affiliate at one point, and they may not be now. But I thought that Houston was a Root Sports affiliate at one time, so they might have a little connection there as well. But um, yeah, no, I actually thought the the broadcast went went really well. I thought that all guys kind of did uh, did a really good job in that broadcast. So a little different, but um, I actually thought it worked.
0: Yeah, I thought it worked too. Um, Dave Sims is really good at leading leading the conversation. You know, he's obviously the veteran broadcaster, but um. I felt he brought in Jeff Blum quite a bit, um, especially when he was asking about like some of the Astros problems, you know, it's good to have, you know, Jeff Blum, who's, you you know, with the team probably all the time, um, you know, getting these questions answered. So um, it was, it was good perspective from both. And I didn't really see too many people on the Mariner subreddit or on the Astros subreddit, um, um, you know, feel bothered like one person one side was talking more than the other um you know i I felt like we had good insight from both teams and uh i don't know mix that in with with it being bark at the park in houston and nick swisher looking like he had took a massive amount of cocaine um you know just from how excited he was that all those dogs were there like i Mm -hmm. felt like it was a really good broadcast
1: yeah, no, I'd agree. Yeah. No, uh thought they did thought they did a really good job of um yeah, being very fair and mixing in kind of both teams' uh analysis there. So I thought it was well done.
0: Um well I don't know if you turned on the game. You know, I, I I feel like as we're getting out of here, I might as well touch on what's happening in the game. Mariners are up three nothing, top of the first, no outs. Cal Raleigh with a big two run double, uh JP in his first at bat. Um scored or uh, scored he walked in his first at bat scored on a wild pitch and then Cal who was up just smacked a uh, double to right field we're looking like it's going to be a good game so far i don't want to don't want to don't want jinx it and i almost had to say cut you off earlier because i didn't want to, i didn't want a noble tiger to happen cuz the bases were loaded but we're looking good we will come back on friday and talk about this series against the White Sox. Bo, you got anything else for us before we get out of here?
1: Uh, Nope, nothing else for me.
0: Same here. The only thing I want to say, guys, um, you know, like I said at the top of the, the episode, um, if you haven't already, go hit us up on threads. Um, I'm going to try to live tweet, live thread, whatever you want to call it. Basically, during the game, I'm going to try to do that. Um, give some breakdowns some of what i'm seeing at home on tv so definitely follow us there um i think bo probably take the reins a little bit too um when he can so definitely go and follow that but um know, yeah, Bo, let's get out of here for the day so for all our listeners in the puget sound pacific northwest and beyond thank you for taking time to listen to another edition of the forks down podcast for bo chisholm I'm Rick Clark and we'll see you guys on Friday.